Super Nerd Podcast, the adventure that brings you the latest nerd news and rumors from movies, TV, entertainment, and sometimes science. You name it if it is nerdy. We are talking about it. And tonight's main event is Fantastic Beasts Rewind. Almost said nerd out. Rewinding. With me, as always, is the amazing Amanda. Hey. The wild, yet elusive Jekka. The rambunctious Bob. And burn, Brady Bird. Hey, folks, thanks so much for joining us on our 200th episode. Can you believe that? 200 of these things. Uh, we're obviously talking Fantastic Beasts in order to prepare for Fantastic Beasts 3. But we're also talking a whole lot of other cool stuff to include. The first trailer for Miss Marvel has been released. Christopher Lloyd has joined the cast of Mandalorian Season 3. And Chris Pine is talking the Dungeons & Dragons movie, saying it's a mix of Game of Thrones, The Princess Bride, and The Holy Grail, and a whole lot more. So make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button. We would love to nerd out with you each and every week. And if you've already hit that podcast subscribe button, you know what I'm going to say. Plus 10 Nerd XP Nerd XP. We love you guys. And for everyone else, as soon as you hit that podcast subscribe button, you too can start earning some Nerd XP. Nerd XP. But in the meantime, Jekka, what's nerdy with you? Um, So I had, hands down, the best St. Patrick's Day ever. Because I pretty much spent all day out in nature, and it was fantastic. Um. I went looking at ponds to see if my little amphibian species I'm studying would be there. And my uncle came with me. So it was really fun to like show him the egg masses and all that that I was going to study. And then so we were out doing that for the afternoon. And then afterwards, I went with a friend to go tide pooling. And that was super fun. Saw a lot of sea stars, sea urchins, a sea cucumber, and then what's called a sea squirt. Um, a sea squirt is actually like the closest relative invertebrate relative to us. Like they're in the phylum chordata, which is the group that we're in. So they have what's called a notochord, which in us becomes the spinal cord. But for them, it goes away when they pretty much are adults. So like they're born with it when they're, they're born with it, but then it goes away when they become adults. So it was really fun. Like I was wigging out to see a sea squirt because it's Hmm. one of those things I always talked about and taught in my biology classes, but I got to see one. So I was very happy about that. Very cool. I'm glad you enjoyed St. Patrick's Day. That's awesome. All right, Brady, what's nerdy with you? So I just realized I have two little things I wanted to talk about nerdy with me, and it's going to make me sound like a doomsday prepper, both of them. But uh, did I tell you guys about the pellet gun? No. So I got my son, my older son, my 14-year-old, a pellet gun. We live in a subdivision, so our yard isn't big. So I built him a – I grabbed some of my scrap lumber, and I built him a two-by-two – um target and on the back of the target i put um so it's three inches deep and i put like three quarter inch ply uh foam and then a quarter inch plywood to back it and i set it up put a wire across the front hang his little target and in a short long story short i'm going to be repairing my fence because those (laughs) pellets go straight through I mean, this it it shoots at 850 feet per second which i just now realize is like what 300 fps less than a 22 but it goes through the foam through the quarter inch plywood and was into my fence 
So, um, so, so it yeah, stopped. It, it didn't go into the neighbor's yard thing. No, it didn't Good. go in. But I did pick up three quarter inch plywood um, wow. to to change that quarter inch on the back out. Um, so we did that, and we nerded out shooting. And I also went and bought just a regular Red Rider spring powered gun that fires at three hundred feet per second that won't go through it. Did you <laughs> shoot your shoot. eye out? Yeah, and uh, so there's that. And then the other thing is, I was re. <laughs> I keep a, I keep a bag in my truck. It's my get home bag in case something happens and I have to just hoof it home. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's, you know, it's no big deal. It's not like I got food and stuff in there, but I got about three days worth of stuff. If I have to get from the office to the house, it's about yeah. 40 miles. Right. And uh, anyway, I, I keep a couple of knives in there and I guess my wife didn't realize what knives I had. So I started showing her my knife collection. I, I like where this is going. And I showed her my kukri. Oh boy. That's quite a knife. And, uh, yeah. Then I showed her my, uh, my, this knife. It's a small knife. Oh, oh, yeah. by hand Or for gutting. It's got a gut. Yeah. But I think the one she was uh, most, um, I don't want to say impressed because that is certainly not the right word. Worried. Concerned. Worried. Was this uh, seven inch K bar? Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> and uh, so that's, yeah, that's the most normal knife to me. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and I went to buy a camp knife it's like the Arnold other day. Schwarzenegger knife. Yeah, this yeah. is this is actually this yeah. is like the old one they used to. Oh yeah, for the yeah. Military. You know, I don't know if still Yeah, do. I've I've got one of those. You know what I like to uh, use that for? I like to use it as a hammer. That's what that back end is for, so you can like hammer things. Well, and you can also split wood with it, but there's a, because if you put it here, you can come down oh, and yeah. split wood. Yeah. But, um, but I need a camp knife and I was looking for another camp knife. We went to Academy uh, to look for something else, some shoes or something. And uh, which Academy carries basically no size 15s, by the way. But, um, but they, uh, but yeah, I was like, Hey, I want to go look at the camp knives. And she just, <laughs> she was like, Okay. <laughs> Like, like I don't have enough, right? Anyway, that's what I've been nerding out on. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. All right, Amanda, what's nerdy with you? I'm sorry, I just did it. Oh, Amanda. You, <laughs> this is our 200th episode, and, and you're shoving food in your mouth right when you were about to talk. Come on. Come on. All right, I'm, I'm buying you time. I'm buying you time. I'm buying okay. you time. Okay, there we go. I thought I had enough time to eat a cracker when Brady was talking. <laughs> Apparently not enough time. Um... So we did our first week of first Lego league for my daughter. She got nice. through it. That was exciting. And I inadvertently signed her up for extra classes with first Lego league. So yay. What did she build? <laughs> um, she was um, building robots and working on the coding for them to do different things. She was really excited to show me the video of how she coded a robot to move an arm up and down. That's cool. That is pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right. So two, 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 two things. One, obviously, we didn't have a uh, episode last week, and the honest truth for that is, uh, daylight savings time kicked <laughs> all of our butts so bad, <laughs> like all of us were dead tired we we just couldn't do a podcast we were just, we all went to bed early <laughs> truth yeah so i so, so, recommend oh. watching the adam project i will throw that out i'm like mm -hmm. i did enjoy yeah. it i told my mom and dad to go watch it my mom really enjoyed it it was fun 
Yeah, we were going to try to do the Adam Project last week. Obviously, we didn't because we were just so dead tired. So, we are sorry to everyone uh, that we didn't have a podcast episode last week. uh, Because we were going to obviously talk the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV trailer that came out. Um, And, uh, you know, it's it's been a little bit too long. I'll just say real quick, um, I... For when it comes to oh, the Obi Wan Kenobi TV trailer, I'm obviously super pumped and super excited to watch it. The only thing that turned me off a little bit was because uh, was that it 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 looked and felt to me like a TV trailer, and to me, Obi Wan Kenobi is movie trailer quality, and that was the only thing that kind of put me off just a little bit. Like the the Mandalorian, Boba Fett, all that stuff. Uh, I really like those TV shows, and I'm okay with it being at the TV level. But I think for me personally, adjusting from Obi Wan being on the big screen to the small screen is a it, it's a little it's uh, it's a little confusing and and disjointed for me. I'm I'm just I'm just I don't know. But overall, yeah, super excited for it. Can't wait for it. Now the second thing, real quick. Yeah, this is our 200th episode. And uh, thanks to all of you who've been uh, following us on this journey. And I want to I want to say a real special thanks because, you know, I've uh, I've been obviously here since day one and a lot of friends have popped in and out of this podcast doing doing it. And I always like to uh, remember our friends, uh, Rue, Shep. Dave and Chris. Chris still comes on every once in a while for the superhero smackdowns, but uh, super grateful to all of them. And I'm super grateful to Jekka, Bob Brady, and of course my wife for uh, hanging out. Because I obviously, I mean, we don't do this for really any other reason except for just, you know, to get together and just talk nerd stuff. And I'm just grateful to all of you who like to listen to us ramble on from time to time. So thanks. 200th episode. Anybody, anybody want to say anything? Yeah, thank you. I came in on 139, missed 140, and then I've been on all of them except for one since 141, I think. So, I have a good time. It's a great it's a it's a great exercise. Keeps me keeps me involved in the same thing my kids are watching, you know, and it's stuff that I enjoy. And I uh I really feel like thank you to Bob for for bringing me in on this because I came in through Bob and I've really enjoyed it and I consider you all very good friends now that I can yeah. send inappropriate memes to. Over <laughs> <that>. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I first came on, it was through Rue. Cause was I was a roommate and I was on, I did like tried a little bit, but my computer was so old that it was just really hard for me to like join in on the podcast. So then like, I just stopped and then life happened. And I remember you reached out to me again, Austin. It was at the mm-hmm. end of, Towards the end of 2019, because you reached out to me. That was when I was studying for the GRE. And I was just like, I can't. Like, this has taken up my entire life. (laughs) Um, And then after, as soon as I finished that, it was the start of 2020 that I came on. Yeah, I've been uh, crazy. Like, I've been consistently on for two years now. That's wild. Yep. And what's funny is like, so I, it's funny because I'll tell people that I, I, I participate in a podcast and they're all blown away. And they're like, that's so cool. What other podcasts do you listen to? And I'm like, none. <laughs> I, <am not> a <laughs> I don't do podcasts. Like everyone's always like, oh, listen to this podcast is great. And I'm like, I just can't. <laughs> like, 
but I can do that, it. <laughs> that is just the opposite of me, Jacka, because I'm a podcast junkie. Like my my podcast yeah. library is like so many episodes deep right now. The only oh, one yeah. of the few podcasts I don't listen to is ours. Because because I can hear myself talk. Uh, but, yeah. I, I can't listen to the podcast either. Right. And then my kids want to listen to it. I'm like, nope. Yeah. yeah, the only podcast I listened in its entirety, and that's because it ended, was The Good Place, the podcast. And that was the only one I made yeah. it through. All the other ones, like, I'll start with, like, people will recommend them, so I'll start them. And then I'm just like, no, nope, I'll just listen to audiobooks and my music, so... It's just really funny when people ask me if I listen to podcasts. I'm like, no, but I'm on one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a podcast junkie uh, as much as as much as I can be. I have I have I have more than I can actually listen to. But yeah. Anyways, lots of fun. Thanks so much for joining us. We got a whole lot of nerd news, so let's jump into it. Many Bothans died to bring us this information. Ooh. And what is the news that should be on your nerd radar? Well, the first trailer for the MCU's Miss Marvel Disney Plus TV series has been released. That's right, Marvel has released the first trailer for its upcoming live-action Disney Plus series, Miss Marvel. The series stars Iman Vellani as Kamala Khan, and the trailer shows the MCU's newest superhero, as she tries to balance high school life, her family, and her emerging superpowers. Kamala Khan is a Muslim-American teenager growing up in Jersey City, an avid gamer, and a voracious fan fiction scribe. Kamala is a superhero mega-fan with an oversized imagination, particularly when it comes to Captain Marvel. Yet, Kamala feels like she doesn't fit in at school and sometimes even at home. That is, until she gets superpowers like the heroes she's always looked up to. Life gets better with superhero powers, right? Well, the series launches on Disney Plus on June 8th. Let's take a listen to the trailer and talk about it afterwards. Here we go. Okay, so first off, I just want to say I get it. You get what? High school. Kamala. Kamala. Another adventure shirt. Cute. She thinks I'm some kind of weirdo. You were a weirdo. Boys. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> you're kind of on my shirt. Sorry. But you're staring out the window in your little fantasy land. Kamala. Hey. Already? Really? Come on. Like. Do I have to figure out my whole future before lunch or like. Maybe they're right. I spend too much time in fantasy land. That is not you. It's not really the brown girls from Jersey City who save the world. That's a fantasy too. Did something happen to you? No, why? Did you hear something? Come on out. What does it feel like? Cosmic. I always thought I wanted this kind of life, but I never imagined any of this. Do you know what you are? I'm a superhero. 
Am I the only one who feels like they took the personality of Kate Bishop and put her in a Muslim American teenager growing up in Jersey City? And uh... that's what it was. I was sitting there like, "What is it about this?" Like, I feel like I've seen it before, very recently. Yes, it's not like the '80s vibe they have going on, but yeah, no. So yeah. I'm watching the trailer, going, "They just put make made Kate Bishop a Muslim American girl," yeah. and. I'm like, they couldn't come up with a new personality. They were different interests, but it is very much that same vibe, that same personality. And I'm I'm just sitting here like, I'm just sitting here like, if it says in there that she's like an avid fan fiction writer, like, we better see some of that. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's someone that likes to write fan fiction. That is a big thing to throw out there. It's like, you better be doing it. (laughs) Honestly, I don't think they are. I think they'll oh, they'll shame. like see like maybe a little bit of it, but th- her interests seem like they're so all over the place. Yeah. It's kind of like a bubbly girl or kind of flighty girl was just writing down all the yeah, random interests. Is, isn't this how the comics go though? Like, okay, thought, but so so one cha- issue. Is, go on. I don't, I don't think changing her personality would be wise i'm not saying that we're changing the personality from the comics i'm saying they wrote the series and the actor is playing her how kate bishop acts and so it feels like they don't know how to write women because it's like the same one note and they're replacing avengers with same one note characters they want snarky snarky women that's kind of how they which i'm like a lot of the women are like that well, who? who? Her and Kate Bishop. Pepper Potts. Pepper Potts. Pepper Potts. Pepper Potts wasn't that way. Pepper, Pepper Potts was, but she was Pepper. a lot more polished, and it, she was yeah, snarky. She was polished, but she was still that. But she wasn't flighty and superhero obsessed and super fangirl and like, oh my goodness, like so obsessed. Like all throughout the trailer, you see her wearing something Captain Marvel-ish, and it's this obsession with. It says superheroes, but it seems she's obsessed with Captain Marvel. And I'm like, I've seen this. We just did this. Well, yeah. Like a couple months ago. So, what were you saying? Oh, I was going to say one of the things that I saw in the trailer is that, um, you know, I don't. The story looks interesting enough, and 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 I didn't. Necessary. I, I certainly see what you're talking about, but I didn't necessarily pick up yeah. on it until you mentioned it. Um, but one of the interesting things I saw in that trailer was some of the directorial decisions that were made, and you can see them just in the trailer. I don't know if you guys saw Mitchell's versus the Machines and yes. how they, you know, how they have the pop outs and that kind of thing. You know, the text and all that. It's kind of a. It, it, it reminded me of Mitchell's versus the Machines. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm interested from a directorial perspective how this is going to be different than some of the, uh, some of the other Marvel stuff. It seems a little more um, whimsical uh, than some of the other uh, Marvel stuff we've seen. So I'm excited to see it. Like this is one of the ones that I've been really interested to see them expanding the Marvel group and how they're eventually going to phase out Captain Marvel. But I've, I've really been interested in this and I've really been excited to see this one. But the trailer kind of made me feel flat about it. Well, I it's probably only because this is coming out so recently after uh, the Hawkeye TV series. 
it I mean, is if it, there was like a four-year buffer you probably i don't think it wouldn't be feel as formulaic yeah. and overdone as it does right now well I, i'll say personally that i think this one looks better than the hawkeye tv series um and easy there and and on a weird side note that's probably just for me i'm pretty excited <laughs> I'm pretty excited that this is going to show somebody practicing uh, their Islamic faith. And (laughs) so we get to add a religious faith aspect with a Marvel MCU aspect. And uh, if you know me, you know, I nerd religion overall. So (laughs) I'm excited to see that. I'm with you there on that, Austin. Like, it's one of those things I'm like, I need more Muslim people in my life so I can learn more about them kind of thing. Like, yeah. No, I'm with you on that. This is fun stuff. So. That's the part I'm looking forward to as well. Yeah, so. All right. Moving on. The second official trailer for the Halo TV series has also been released. That's right. We've got a new trailer for the highly anticipated Paramount Plus series Halo. The series is set in the 26th century, and it dramatizes the conflict between humanity and an alien threat known as the Covenant. Halo, this series, will weave deeply drawn personal stories with action, adventure, and a richly imagined vision of the future. Nobody can save humanity alone, not even the Master Chief. Meet the heroes who will risk losing everything to come together and protect humanity from the universe's greatest threat. The 10-episode series is set to premiere on Paramount Plus right around the corner on March 24th, and we'll be talking this next podcast episode. So let's take a listen to the trailer and talk about it after. Here we go. Silver Team, on me. There's something out there. Just beyond our reach. It's like... Open your eyes. For the first time, after living in the dark. Your rage blinds you. Rage is all I have left. The covenant will not stop. What else are you willing to sacrifice? Everything. What's the point in saving humanity if we're going to give up our own? I'm interested in finding a way to be less reliant on Dr. Holsey moving forward. The truth could bring us all down. There is something within us. Something sacred. Something worth protecting. It's just us. 
So I've decided how I'm going to approach this when I watch it. Okay. Oh, sorry. Was no, it no, go ahead. No, I thought, I, I thought it was over already. So I've decided how I'm going to approach this because I never was much of a Halo player. Uh, yeah. But, and I've never, and, and if you look at the history of video game, cinematic video game adaptations, they're, they're not always super successful. In fact, they often leave a lot to be desired. But the production quality and the casting and just the first sh- first looks at this through the trailers are pretty crazy amazing. So I think the way that I'm going to approach watching this is to never reference in my mind that it's based on a video game. Mm-hmm. That it's just a new series coming out called Halo and this is what it's about. Because I am excited to see this. I am really excited to see this. And if I can if I can divorce that video game association with the television show in my mind um, with this, I think I'm going to have a lot easier time with it um, because I'm, I, I don't, I'm not really going to be hearkening back to anything. They're going to show a warthog and I'm going to be like, oh, that's a cool car. What is that? That kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to see this. It looks pretty amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah, I think I'm going to take a similar approach. Um, you know, I have, I have played some Halo games. I'm not a huge Halo gamer, but I've definitely played some, beat, beaten some. Um, I just think this looks like a cool sci-fi TV series. And, exactly. uh, and I think the thing that I'm most excited about it is that it has so much of uh, Steven Spielberg's fingerprints throughout it. And, uh, and I, don't, I don't feel like he's going to create something that's terrible. Um I, I have I have trust that he, he he will make something of this that's worthy of being watched. So yeah, that Spielberg guy's had a few hits, I think. Yeah, just a few. Just a few. <laughs> yeah, one of them like terrified me as a child, and to this day I can't watch it. But you know, what's that? Yeah. E.T.? <laughs> yeah. E.T. E.T. terrified you? you? Yeah, apparently. Tell, like, tell, <laughs> tell us about it. To this day, I well, so <laughs> I I just know that. <laughs> Yeah, that is scary. Like, I don't know. He wakes me out still to this day. Um, I just know that, like, I guess I was acting out in school. And so, like, the schools, they, my teachers were sending me to the school psychologist. And then the school psychologist called in my mom and dad. And we're like, hey, Becca keeps talking about this E.T. show. Well, at the time it was Jessica because Jekka, that name had not been invented yet. <laughs> but he was like, um... Tell me about it. And so they're like, oh, yeah, you know, like, we've been watching it a lot because it's a new movie and we like it. And he's like, yeah, well, um, it's scaring her, so don't let her watch it. <laughs> Jekka <laughs> phone like, home. Yeah. And, and then the, my cousins had a stuffed plushie of E.T. And mm. I just, I think that's where most of my, like, inner fear comes from. Because to this day, like, when I think about it, it just creeps me out because Whenever I'd be around their house, I'd just walk around and I would see it in a random corner and it's just staring at me. Like, so, yeah, we should we should have an ET rewind. I will not participate in that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got more to cover. Moving on, the final trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog Two has been released. Paramount Pictures has released the final trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog Two, and this trailer is loaded with fun action scenes from Sonic knuckles and tails and they find themselves on a crazy adventure also features a new details on robotnik 
played by Jim Carrey and his evil plans involving the Chaos Emeralds. In the film, the world's favorite blue hedgehog is back for a next-level adventure in Sonic the Hedgehog 2. After settling in at Green Hills, Sonic is eager to prove he has what it takes to be a true hero. He tests his test comes when Dr. Robotnik returns, this time with a new partner, Knuckles, in search for an emerald that has the power to destroy civilization. Sonic teams up with his own sidekick, Tails, and together they embark on a globe-trotting journey to find the emerald before it falls into the wrong hands. Sonic the Hedgehog, right around the corner, April 8th. All right, let's take a listen to the trailer. Oh, great, the Winter Soldier. These rings signify the commitment. So help me, Thomas. Sorry, sorry. Life or death situation. I need you to use the ring to save me, like right now. Snow, my God. Oh, boy. Ah, Hawaii. I just hope we are not too late. Oh, Lord, there are two of them now. What's happening? Uh, Okay, quick version. Robotnik is back. I discovered the source of ultimate power. We need to get it back or the world is doomed. You brought some kind of space porcupine. I am an echidna warrior. Hmm. Hedgehog. It's time to say goodbye to humanity. To the new norm. This is your moment to be the big hero. Bad time to say this, but I don't actually have a plan. Hey, you got a little something on your... Uh, boy. Someone call an Uber? It's cold in here. Let's turn up the heat. Oh, great, the Winter Soldier. Fear not, citizen. You are terrible at this! Your negative attitude is not helping. We stick together, no matter what. You're unskilled. Untrained. Unworthy! You forgot one. Unstoppable. Very few trailers actually make me want to go back and rewatch the first one. But watching this one, I was just like, I really want to rewatch the first one. Because I it's been a while since I watched Mm -hmm. the first one. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like it was one that took me by surprise. Yeah. I went in with like kind of low expectations and they exceeded them. (laughs) And so I'm kind of like. So, like, my expectations for this one is, like, kind of, you know, what I, I'm hoping for from the first one, where it's, like, not super high, but just, like, going in to have a fun movie with Sonic, you know? Yeah. I'm hoping the reason why we don't see a lot of Dr. Robotnik is because he's heavily in it, and they're yeah. saving it. Yeah. I uh, I hope we're not building up our expectations too much, because this is a movie you need low expectations for, yeah. like the first Sonic. But the yeah. first Sonic was just so much fun. 
Well, here's what's funny. Jekka said she rarely sees one that makes her want to go back and watch the first one again. I never saw the first one, but this trailer makes this movie look like a lot of fun. Yeah, and it really I, does. I, I, now I want to go back and watch the first one okay. so that I can go into this one so with that Brady, foundational knowledge. Once we get finished the podcast, go watch it. You won't well, regret it. I mean, go watch it with low expectations. Low expectations. Yeah, yeah. you have to have those low expectations. <laughs> but. It's, the one thing I do have to say about the first one was it was like a throwback to Ace Ventura days for Jim oh, but Carrey, yeah. but child appropriate. It's and I was like, this is utterly he's utterly hilarious in it, and it's not crass. And I was just I was surprised. Well, it I would say the first one it was one of those movies where it's not something that you walk out saying like, man, it's got a great plot or great visuals, great sound. It, it, none of that. Like you walk out and just say like, I had fun watching yeah, that. Was that was what fun, it was. It's just a fun ride. Yeah, it was yeah, just a yeah. fun movie. And that's, yeah. And that's how I feel with this. And I feel like, like what you said, Amanda, that we're not getting a lot of Robotnik cause they're saving it. I also feel like they're introducing enough of knuckles. So it's kind of like, Oh, new villain, but they're still holding back unlike a lot of those scenes with him. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, right around the corner, April 8th, looking forward to it. Moving on, Christopher Lloyd has joined The Mandalorian Season 3. That's right, Christopher, yeah, Christopher Lloyd has joined the cast for Lucasfilm's upcoming The Mandalorian Season 3, best known for his role as Dr. Emmett Brown in the Back to the Future trilogy, but he's been in a ton of films and movies. To include the Star Trek franchise's Star Trek Three: Search for Spock, he played a Klingon in that. He did. Uh, we have that's right. We don't have any details on who he's playing in the Mandalorian, but he, apparently it's going to be a guest starring role. They've been doing a lot of that, so no surprise there. When previously talking about the third season of the series, stuntman uh, Brendan Wayne shared, "Quote: I think we've introduced the world in which Mando exists now." Not that there aren't going to be new things, I'm sure. I think there'll be a lot less introductions and a lot more going back towards the first season of delving deeper into the characters and things like that. Have I read one script? No. Have I read something? Sure. So I'm guessing. But I can tell you this. If anyone's going to be able to continue telling a story, it's John Favreau. In Raising the Stakes, it's John. Uh, Dave Filoni who's the executive producer, has also previously teased season three, saying, there's a lot of new adventures coming up. I have to be careful. I can't really say anything specific, but I think the force will be strong with this. Let's just say that, end quote. That just makes me super excited. Christopher Lloyd is awesome, and he deserves to be in both Star Trek and Star Wars, <laughs> as well as his iconic role. And Back to the Future, Brown. yeah. And Back to the Future, yeah. I, I'm wondering, I really am wondering who they're going, who he's going to play because he, he is, he's getting up there in years. Like he I is. recently rewatched all of psych and he yeah. guest stars in one of the like episodes in season seven. And in that one, like he was definitely 
you know, so, you can tell like he's still pushing through and acting, but it's ooh. definitely yeah. Yeah, he's so, eighty-three um, years old. Okay, <laughs> I was just gonna say that because he was on a spot for the Adam Project. He did a commercial with them about daylight savings time, and he introduced himself. He's like, "I'm eighty-three years old, and I am an expert on time," or something like that. It was so awesome. <laughs> Nothing will ever compare to Christopher Lloyd in the head of the class episode of Amazing Stories. That is the pinnacle of his performances. So I hope to see him. Uh, I haven't seen that one. Is, oh, is, 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 is that the new Apple TV plus one or the old, no, no. original? It's the original. If you, Yeah, it's called Head of the Class as the episode. Uh, it may have even been a Halloween episode. It was, I remembered it from when I was a child and then I obtained another uh, way to watch it at one point and it, it holds up really well how, it is amazing hmm. how can that be dr emmett brown though i mean come on you'd have to watch it you'd have to compare okay okay Dinner. i uh i am interested i'll have to figure out not how to I disparage any other of his performances oh, no, i'm no, just no, saying no, no, no. <laughs> yeah i'm just i'm just excited I'm like, yeah. yay! It'll, it'll, and, and the greatest thing is, like, no matter what role they cast him in, he's going to do a fantastic job. Like, he's just great all across the board. Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. All right, moving on. Check it out, folks. James T. Kirk is coming back. He will be played by Paul Wesley in Star Trek's Strange New Worlds. That's right, we're getting another version of the classic Star Trek character, James T. Kirk in the Paramount Plus series Strange New Worlds, Paul Wesley has been cast to play a younger version of the character and will make his debut in the show's upcoming season. In regards to the casting, executive producer Alex Kurtman said in a statement, quote, Paul is an accomplished actor, an astonishing presence, and a welcome key addition to the show. Like all of us, he is a lifelong Star Trek fan, and we are ex we are excited by his interpretation of this iconic role. So Wesley, obviously the third actor to portray him, after the famous William Shatner and Chris Pine. Uh, the series, though, is going to focus on Captain Christopher Pike and his adventures while leading the USS Enterprise before Kirk became the captain. The first season of Strange New Worlds set to premiere may 5th right around the corner so it this is kind of weird to me because it's kind of like the batman where we had this like popular teen vampire and he was also a vampire in a teen show that i had watched he was <laughs> he was he was my like, wife is a big fan of that show <laughs> <laughs> i don't even remember the name of the show now vampire just, diaries vampire diaries that's it yeah yes um, you're right it, wow <laughs> I don't remember you being there. No, no. I, okay. Forget my comment if it threw you off that much. Anyway, so he, I, I will say that he looks the part in the pictures that are online. He, it doesn't look bad. Like, I can see it. He, uh, he looks a little skinnier than uh, William Shatner's Kirk. And that, that throws me off. But this is supposed to be a younger version. Yes. Exactly. So I guess it I guess it does work overall, but yeah, pretty pretty interesting. Um, I wonder how we're gonna see Kirk in this. Is he gonna be like an ensign, and we're gonna see him raise up in the ranks, or I, I don't know. I don't know. Do you think Kirk will be a regular? 
don't you almost think that his character would kind of steal the show, especially if Spock is there? Uh, young, These are questions young, I don't know the answer Young Kirk, to. young yeah, Spock. I'm sitting here thinking, because this, is, um, this isn't like the whole parallel universe thing that like the Star Trek movie introduced. This is still like in that original timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. You know, like, you know I mean, obviously, like if they're c- announcing that they're casting someone as Kirk, like I imagine he's going to have a role in it. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I don't want him to steal the show, but like he can come in. You know, it's like I'm okay with that. Yeah. And then the weirdness of all of this is they're also doing a show, a, a movie in the alternate universe. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Doctor give me some stuff. Give me some Star Trek. Well, you know, the MCU does that. We've got like we have yeah. like two different universes, you know. I'm fine with it. Um I you know, I even though I mentioned James Kirk, a younger James Kirk and Spock maybe stealing the show. You know, I got I got I got to admit I think I'd be okay with that from time to time. Uh as long as it's not all the time. Like give give them give them an away mission. So that way they establish and build that relationship. And, and now we understand where that relationship comes from and why it's so close in the original series. I think that, I think that'd be pretty cool. So I'm all yeah, but like it. it can't be the whole thing. No, no, not the whole thing. Yeah. I did. Christopher exactly. Pike is a cool character. I don't want to see him. He uh, is, just yeah. The shaft. Yeah. Yes. So, but I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I hope it will be awesome. And uh, I am looking forward to May 5th. So anyway, moving forward, speaking of, James T. Kirk. Uh, Chris Pine, who is in the upcoming Dungeons and Dragons movie, is saying it's a mix of Game of Thrones, The Princess Bride, and Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Woo boy! Interesting. Well, uh, I'm sure a lot of us have been curious about this movie, especially since all the previous D&D movies have been hit or miss on the miss side, clearly. But Chris Pine is saying that this movie is a whole lot of fun to make because in a recent interview with Collider, Pine was asked about the plot of the film, but in his response, he revealed more about the tone and compared it to several different classics. He said, quote, oh man, well, what I will say is we had a whole lot of fun making it. There was a lot of laughs. The way that I've been describing it is it's like Game of Thrones mixed with a little Princess Bride, just a smidge of the Holy Grail. It's somewhere in that ballpark. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of thrills. It's poppy. It's 80s heartfelt. There's a bit of Goonies in there. My character, he's the ultimate party planner. I think it's going to be really good. I mean, I mean, who knows? But I think we got a good shot and john and and john are killer guys they know comedy and they know heart and we had a great cast and we had a good time making it and that's all you can ask for dungeons and dragons right there dungeons and dragons a movie set to premiere in theaters march 3rd 2023 Uh uh-oh 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 man this does not bode well It really doesn't. If you have, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pray to little, little baby Jesus tonight that uh, I am dead wrong on this. But if you have one of the big name stars in your movie tossing out, well, it's like, and then he names all these pop culture references 
And then he says, we had fun. I just, it just, there is, all of those things are so incongruent. Like Game of Thrones and Holy Grail and Princess Bride they and Goonies. Like they're just, there's no way those things intersect. And it sounds to me like someone who's just throwing stuff out there. I, I do believe that they had a good time making it. But a good time making it does not a good film make. And this is the perfect opportunity to take a Dungeons and Dragons film. It's the perfect point in time. When I say an opportunity, it's a perfect point in cinematic time when all of these movies are coming out and they're reframing a lot of stuff to take that and give it a proper treatment. And this does not say that to me. So I will point out something. I I remember trying to write scripts once and I had a professional looking over myself and she said, you're not giving enough description of what's happening here for someone who's not nerdy. For someone who's not into the genre. So it sounds like Chris Pine is not a Dungeons and Dragons person and has no idea what he just found. To that, I will <laughs> respond with, if he's not a Dungeons and Dragons person, then he should have been before he started playing the role <laughs> as part of his research. And he should know... He should get the he, 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 he should get the references. He should make his saving throw versus knowing what the hell he's talking about. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I I do respect that, and I do agree with you. But that's not always what happens. And I agree. this, I think, we're going to have to trust the director to know what they were doing. Oof. And there are Oof. enough people in Hollywood. There are enough people in Hollywood that are into Dungeons and Dragons that. I am. I have greatly lowered my expectations based off what he said. I will admit, I have greatly lowered my expectations, but I am going to trust in the people in the project that they knew what they were doing, and this is just one actor that was just fumbling around going, I have no idea what's going on! I will encourage you in your faith. I, uh... <laughs> I, I don't know what to think of the movie now. You know, I, uh, I you brought up some good points, Brady. You you may have changed my outlook on the movie from from being hopeful to being worried. Well, I just want to know. Oh, sorry, go on, Brady. No, go ahead, go ahead, Jack. I'm just. I mean, I this is the first time I'm even like, oh, there were D and D movies previously. I um, there's a reason. Well, I'm we just don't like, know. what's story are they doing because there's a lot of dungeons and dragons pre-written campaigns like i'm playing one of them with my friends in utah and um there's Which a one lot of it, it's strad the curse oh, okay i'm playing um, that too actually so there's like a whole bunch of pre-made campaigns out there and I'm like, which one are they doing? You know? well, and the source material is endless as well. I yeah. mean, not only just the pre-made campaigns, but how many Forgotten Realms are, books are there? Like 870,000, something like so, that? So, Jacket, they're not going to do a pre-written campaign for them. Yeah, it's going to be. Because that would damage any pre-written campaign they have because people would try and reenact the movie. That's true. And yeah. that could damage campaigns. That's so yeah. not going to yeah. do that. It's going to be an, an original story, so and I'm okay with that as long as it's you know fun, good interesting. Yeah. So Dungeons and Dragons is is fun, and it can be funny. And I, you know, every group is different. You know, is it a comedy? 
well, I guess if you're in a group that plays it like a comedy, it is. But is that going to be a cinematic hit? I, 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 I really have trouble visualizing a comedy Dungeons and Dragons being a cinematic <laughs> hit. So I don't I, think they're going to be doing it as a Dungeons and Dragons comedy. Ah, uh, well, uh, sure. So, Holy so, Grail, but Game of Thrones, Princess Bride. That, that's just... Are we talking Game of Thrones season one through three? Or are we talking season six, <laughs> seven, eight? There we go. Right. Well, and it's supposed to be a smidge of Holy Grail, so it's probably the kid asking we'll for Mountain Dew. <laughs> well, I don't know. There could be a killer rabbit in there. You never know. <laughs> All right, moving on. Moving on. Charlie Cox is hinting at Daredevil season four reboot. Will be born again. So Daredevil star Charlie Cox is back on the scene after his series was canceled in 2018. We didn't really know what would happen to him in the role, but we got a fun treat in Spider-Man No Way Home, basically confirming that he is back and he's back in the role of Daredevil. But, you know, fans are obviously wondering, when are we going to see him again now that we know that he's in the MCU? Well, in a recent appearance at the 2022 Middle East Film and Comic Con, Cox talked about where he thinks the show will pick up and hinted at a possible storyline, saying, quote, I don't think it makes sense to pick up where we left off, left off in keeping with a lot of things in the MCU now where there's this alternate reality thing going on. What they've done with Spider-Man and the animated Spider-Verse, it's a good time to have this. A few years have passed. It's Daredevil, but it's reimagined. It's slightly different. Do you know what I text my friends when I found out this was all happening? Born again. So, it's that born again that is kind of teasing something. Because Frank Miller's Daredevil comics, uh, you know, they might recognize that born again. Because it's kind of the definitive storyline for the character uh according to various comic fans. So, so obviously it's probably getting some folks pumped up, but uh, Frank Miller and artist, David, who, how do you say that name? Mazu Shelley. Hold on. Shelley. Yeah, sure. Anyways, they're the ones that brought the born again, daredevil storyline to life back in 1986. And here's a brief synopsis of that story. Karen page. Matt Murdock's former lover has traded away the man without fear's secret identity for a drug fix. Now, Daredevil must find strength as the kingpin of crime wastes no time taking him down as low as a human can get. That is the brief synopsis of the Born Again storyline. So, are we going to see that in a possible... uh, daredevil reboot season four i don't know will spider-man come save him even though he can't remember who spider-man is anymore sorry just throwing that out there because it was funny as soon as i read this i have the uh, born again paperback that should be here tomorrow oh <laughs> yeah you're, you're gonna cheat huh no i'm i'm i'm, I'm preparing sure <laughs> I'm I'm just excited to see Charlie Cox's Daredevil again. Like it, I really really loved the Daredevil TV series and I'm so glad they're bringing it back. 
Very cool. Yeah, you know, it finally hit Netflix, and we're finishing up that season three. Uh, I mean, it hit uh, Disney Plus is what I meant. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had three episodes left on Netflix uh, with my son, and then and then it dropped. So we had to wait a couple of weeks, and <laughs> we're catching back up now. So, so yeah, I mean, season four will be great, especially if they factor if they if they calculate in the time that's passed, right? Mm-hmm. So the time that's passed since season three. If they actually say, okay, it's been four years or whatever that, that number has been, which, you know, we're talking two years out for something to show up anyway. But, yeah, that will be great. Yeah, indeed. I'm looking forward to it. So, all right, we got some fantastic beasts to talk about, so let's get into it. We had our honeymoon on Alderaan. Good thing we took pictures, huh? <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. You have no idea what you're dealing with. Uh, Shakespeare in the Park. And that bell means it is time for our main event! Fantastic Beast Rewind! You're an interesting man, Mr. Scamander. Just like your suitcase, I think there's much more to you than meets the eye. Kicked out of Hogwarts for endangering human life with a beast. Yet one of your teachers argued strongly against your expulsion. I wonder, what makes Albus Dumbledore so fond of you, Mr. Scamander? First trip to America? Yes. Must get that fixed. Anything edible in there? Um, uh, no, no. Any livestock? No. Welcome to New York. all you super nerds who have hit that podcast subscribe button we really really appreciate you please help us get the word out please tell a friend about the podcast and i want to invite you to hit that podcast subscribe button if you've not done so already come on do it you'll get plus 10 nerd xp nerd xp anyways all right fantastic beast 3 is right around the corner so obviously we're trying to get prepared by talking fantastic beast 1 and 2 and so we watched them recently. 
Did you? <laughs> I did. Well, I watched that. I watched the first one. So what happened with the first one is okay. Amanda's gonna way wait. Amanda's gonna way over embellish this. I'm not by a lot. No, it. by a significant no, amount. I'm not. Yes, by a significant I'm not. amount. Yes, you are. Okay. okay so continue. what happens is <laughs> you I want him to wait for just a few minutes so I could go get some Dr Pepper because I was still on the daylight savings crash, and oh, he wouldn't yeah. wait. So I missed like the first few minutes of the film and then while i'm in there he starts playing on his phone not watching the movie that is so not true and then once like the ending gets really good and like you're really heading toward that climax he walks out okay all right why Why? i i watched the movie i had no like me being on my phone yeah maybe just checking a few things here and there but i wasn't like playing a game or doing anything i was no i was not doing i was watching the movie but i just didn't enjoy the first one that much and so by the time this was the first one i know i'm talking about the first one i just did i just didn't enjoy it that much so i ended up you know leaving during the climax because i had to go to the bathroom and i was like well i don't really feel like you know walking back to the tv so there you well, go. <laughs> I, I had never seen the first or the second one. So um, I asked my wife, uh, I was like, hey, you want to sit down and watch this today? Because the alternative was me cleaning the garage. <laughs> and, uh, so we sat down and we watched it. And uh, I am kind of in your camp, Austin. Um, I, you know, the first. The first, I don't know, forty minutes of it, uh, uh, you know, were pretty good. Yeah. The last, good. the last, the last fifteen twenty minutes of it were pretty good. Um, I hear that that middle part was pretty good, but I fell asleep, so I don't really know. I mean, it did not hold my interest at all. So I am. I, it is all peripheral stuff, and none of the none of the actors really grabbed me. I was just like, okay. Did you watch the second one? <laughs> no, no. Yeah. So, what, you think I'm going to go watch the second one after that? So I have I have seen the second one. Okay. And the second one, it's the exact same thing. Like it starts off with a bang, and it's like, yeah, I'm into this, and then it just slowly slows and slows, and then by the time you get to the end, you're like, ah, eh, you know. I don't know if I want to stick around to watch it. And uh, that's kind of what happened. And and what was funny is, like, I'm, I'm watching these trailers for Fantastic Beasts 3. And I'm actually getting a little more excited. I'm like, okay, yeah. You know, it's been a while since I've seen these movies. So it looks I've amazing. Kind of, yeah, I've kind of I've kind of forgot about them. And I'm and, and, and Mad Mickelson, I love him as an actor. I mean, I, I him being in it actually, like, attracts me more to the movie. And what, what I told Amanda... At the end of uh, Fantastic Beasts, I was like, man, watching these movies has actually made me less excited. <laughs> so. so I am going to point out, and I I give a lot of props to J.K. Rowling for her writing and her world building. Like, she did a fantastic job, but she is not a screenwriter. And the person who wrote all of the screenplays for the Harry Potter movies is helping her with the third movie. Okay. So, because well, yeah. this is the feeling so many people are getting from the first two movies. It'll be better. 
So just to give you guys some hope. (laughs) Well, it's really funny hearing all this because I loved the first one. The first one was so good, but I am a Potterhead. (laughs) I am a a hardcore Harry Potter fan. Like I love it. I'm going to be rereading those books very soon now. So, so So watching the first one. Sorry, what was that, Austin? No, I I was was asking you. So, so from your perspective, what was it that you that that you enjoyed so much? So I enjoyed seeing all the magical creatures because me being a Potterhead and a zoologist, like I Uh. have, like J.K. Rowling actually wrote the book Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which is a textbook in the Harry Potter books Mm -hmm. that Harry, like all the students, use. And that's what these the films were like based off of. And I thought originally when I saw the first film. Honestly, like I was kind of surprised after the first one came out that I found out they were going to make more. That was going to be a series because I thought it was just going to be a standalone film, which I'm like, the way that first one goes, I'm like, it almost seemed to set it up. But then, you know, they reveal Grindelwald at the end. It's like, oh, okay. Um, But yeah, so like I, I mean, the first time when you see the Niffler, like in the theater, I said very loudly, Niffler. And like heads turned to look at me. Like I instantly recognized what that little mole creature was that went chasing after <laughs> all the gold and silver. I am that much of a Potterhead. So that's what I enjoyed about the movie is because like I like reading those that like, like I like that world so much and I like animals so much that I was learning the magical creatures. So it was fun. I enjoyed watching it and like identifying them. Um sure. so I really liked the first one. Second hey, well, one was rough. <laughs> real quick, real quick. Because I didn't stay for the ending. Did Colin Farrell end up being uh, revealed as Grindelwald? Grindelwald. Yes, and then yeah. he turned into Johnny Depp. Yeah. He did turn into Johnny. Yeah, he Depp? turned into yes. Johnny Depp. And that was actually my biggest complaint with that. Weird. I was like, I wish they had just kept Colin Farrell. 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 Oh, I can never pronounce. So the reason they were like, doing I wish that, they had kept him as Grindelwald. The, the reason they yeah. did that was because they were showing how he had polyjuiced his way into the American government. American magical government. Mm-hmm. And if he was as his true self, that would have been really easy to see it was Grindelwald. Yeah. So I, I got what they were doing, but my argument is why did they have Grindelwald in there to begin with? It made it so much worse. Why couldn't we just have him going around the world doing different magical creatures and like taking some home, rescuing them? Like maybe wait, have wait, him run into Grindelwald, rescue a creature, and so, go away. So you wanted uh, the Harry? You wanted Harry Potter Pokemon adventures? Yes, pretty much. <laughs> That's exactly what I wanted. Yeah, like I said, I was surprised to find out that they were making a series because they introduced Grindelwald into this. I was like, oh, like. I mean, and the beginning when it's doing all newspaper headlines, I was like, okay, they're setting the stage, you know, like, here's the time frame. Cool. Grindelwald's around. I was like, oh, that's cool. But I didn't expect him to pop up in it. And sure enough, like, it was one of those things I was like, oh, like, as soon as he did, I was like, oh, I guess they're going to be making more movies. And then they announced that they were going to make five movies. I'm kind really? of really There's five, five movies in total. Yeah, they're going to do five movies. Holy um, moly. Yeah, it's so the idea behind it is to the fifth movie is going to lead into Voldemort coming into power. Like that's uh, what they say. Or, or like at least like it's setting him up. I, so Voldemort should be going into Hogwarts. Uh, when? No, I think it's like the 40s or, or the 50s. I feel like it's after World War II. 
So I and that's something I'm hoping from so this movie. Oh, sorry, if, go on. If they're setting up the uh, the last movie to be Voldemort coming into power, it should be him going to Hogwarts because we're in the 1920s now with Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Like it's setting up for him going to Hogwarts. Like it's it's in, it's to introduce Voldemort and set him up as the next big baddie, but not like him coming into full on power. Because uh, that actually happened like 80s or 90s. Right? Um, no, so Harry Potter um, Harry Potter goes to Hogwarts, I think the from what I understand of the time frame is 91. Oh, that's it. So it's his parents that Voldemort so is coming into power. Yeah, so that would be Hogwarts. the well the yeah 70s. that would be the 70s 60s 70s okay yeah so so then it, it, he probably would go to hogwarts probably like yeah 40s or 50s what were you gonna say Brady? yeah go ahead so I, I am not a i'm obviously not a potterhead <laughs> right um so i guess my, my question you made reference to this earlier jacka is that Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is a textbook that's studied in the at Hogwarts, I guess, mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. by the students. So this is this is basically fleshing out the history of how that book came to be, right? Yes. In a way, yeah. Okay. So I I, I don't want to disparage the movie on its filmmaking or or the cinematography because that all seemed fine, and I could see the value. If someone is really in the Harry Potter universe, I can see how this would be really cool. This movie, this this movie series would be mm-hmm. would be really great. Um, as someone who is not, though, that's kind of the perspective I come. It's a little, it's a little heavy handed in a lot of its stuff, um, and I think that from a from a lay person, from a Potter lay person who's you know only seen the movies, you know and caught them in parts you know because they're on some tv show every day of the week, right? <laughs> uh, or on some tv channel but you know i've seen all the movies and i liked them well enough um never read the books but um yeah it seems to come it's it's a little heavier um on the uh nerding out right on mm-hmm. the potter verse than than i think the actual Harry Potter movies are. And so that's and I think why, that's where it loses me. That's where I argue that they introduced Grindelwald all wrong in Fantastic Beasts. And they really should have had it be about Newt Scamander creating the textbook on Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. And actually going to Arizona and taking that wonderful magical bird to Arizona. Yes. Instead yeah. of have staying in New York to deal with the drama. Like I would love to have it be where it's maybe like off to the periphery, everything, all the political stuff happening around Newt. And he completely is like ignoring it, trying to save these beasts. I would love that. But instead they drew him into all the political nonsense that you and I understand Jekka. And I don't really consider myself a Potterhead, but I guess I am. Um, <laughs> I think that you follow yeah, along with it, my dear, you really puts are. you in that category. <laughs> if you were able to, especially the second movie, if you were able to even remotely understand what was going on in the second movie, you can call yourself a Potterhead. <laughs> um, I, I think the fact that I knew the dates, I think, gave me away more. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you're a Potterhead, Amanda. I can't, I can't believe you're trying to deny that. I can't like, figure out a timeline. <laughs> so that was a very nice moment, plus 10. <laughs> but I am going to agree with Brady and Austin that it was very, very difficult to watch it. Because I'm wanting them to do more stuff with the animals, more more of the magic. Yeah. I don't want the magic to be ordinary and everyday and they're just, it's their everyday thing. No, I want to see them doing cool things. Um, I did like um, about the Obscurials. Yes. I did like that, but I don't think they explained it enough. Yeah, that was, yeah that was something that like... I mean, it, it, they, like, that really felt like an Easter egg to the fans. And like, hey, guess what? This is going on. Guess who else we heard of that had something similar? Don't and it's it. too big of a thing to be an Easter egg. Yeah. It sh- the movie should have been about that and focused very much on this poor kid who's an obscurial. Yeah, because the... The thing, like, yeah, it was like the, so back to the, what I liked most about the first movie, it was the animals. I felt like the way they worked the animals into the storyline was great. Like they were the focus. Like it really was like, he's going around trying to get these animals to safety, trying to protect them. And then I liked the, being a Potterhead, I liked seeing the American magical world Mm because like Harry Potter is all in Britain. And so you're, everything I've read has always been in Britain. So it's like, I feel like I know that whole magical community really well. So it was fun for me to see the American version of it. It was like, oh, that's really cool. And and that's the problem I have with them staying only in New York. It's like, yeah, the American magical community is only in New York. Yeah. Yeah. And it would have been nice to travel around. It would have been a lot more cool. I, I really do think they tried to make the obscurial more of the focus of the film now that I think of it, but they failed. Yeah. Well, so for me, I feel like it was kind of like this underlying storyline that it was more of like, that like to me, like they did a good job of Newt stumbling into it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's going about doing his thing and then he gets like pulled into this storyline that's dealing with this obscurial. So he's pulled into that and, you know, he has to, re- he's now, needing to help he has to help resolve it because he genuinely cares about all living things that he doesn't want to see credence destroy he wants to help him because that's newts that's what he does moving on to the second one the second one was hard for me (laughs) well i think in the second one they're really trying to bring grindelwald out more yeah they were really trying to be like here's our big storyline and it just was not well executed yeah, I, I think they were trying to tie in the Obscurial storyline and make that a bigger storyline and how Credence is really Dumbledore's youngest brother. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but well, <God>. yes. <laughs> and I still am trying to wrap my head around what they're going to do with that. And I would think that that would be something that would be brought up in... Like, I, I, I think they brought it in and it shouldn't have been brought in. Yeah, no, that was my biggest thing about the second movie is it was like, you're focused on this whole storyline of Credence. He's the lost Lestrange. We got to find him and all that stuff. And then you have this guy that's like, I got to kill him to avenge my father and my mother. Um, 
And then all of a sudden, like at the very end, it does this 180. And it's like, Grindelwald coming to power. Let's see how he's gathering his followers and like how he's doing that, which to me was two completely separate things. And they chose to focus on the wrong one. Like they, if, they, yeah. if this was about Grindelwald, they should have been focusing on Grindelwald and not done the whole like lost child of Dumbledore or this yeah, lost child of Lestrange. Like they, sh- that should not have been in there. And then I was trying to follow the one flighty girl who's in love with the muggle. And then she joins Grindelwald. Yeah, that actually which like, made sense. Like, okay, well, so part of the problem is, is I didn't get to rewatch the second oh, okay. one. So, so but, we, yeah, sorry, go on. So I watched the first movie, and I'm just, and there was too much going on for a character that I'm really like. Now that I've seen the first movie, I'm like more invested in her, and I'm still wondering through the first movie, why did she join Grindelwald? Yeah, why? Why did she? Because I I liked her no. character too. Yeah, so the reason she joined Grindelwald is because in America, the wizarding community doesn't allow marriages between magical and non-magical people. And Grindelwald, like, she was pretty much joins him and is attracted to him because his whole thing is to, like, take over, like, take over the muggle community. Like, take over, become powerful, make it so that, like, muggles don't matter anymore. And so for her, she's like, oh... He can make it so that Jacob and I can get married and live happily ever after. So that's kind of like her mindset is that Grindelwald is the answer to her problem in that if she marries Jacob, like she could be arrested and thrown in wizard prison pretty much, Mm. Um, which is like Jacob, he's the muggle. He doesn't want to marry her because he doesn't want her to go to jail because of him. And that's kind of like the conflict in the second movie is... um, he loves her. He wants to marry her, but he doesn't want to do it by breaking wizarding law. And she's just like, I don't care. Let's do this. And so that's why she's attracted and joins Grindelwald because to her, he has that answer to their problem, which that scene, (laughs) like, it's so funny because like really the, to me, the best part of the second movie is that end part with Grindelwald when he's like giving his speech and then when he's like at having people join him and Queenie does join him, like that whole part is amazing. That's what the second movie should have been focused on. I will also admit Johnny Depp did his best. I just think he was the wrong actor for Grindelwald. Yeah. I, it's kind of funny to see, like we have three different people playing Grindelwald and I'm like, I really want to see how Mads Mikkelsen plays him. I think like- Ranking, like, you know, like when we were ranking Spider-Man, like who played the best Spider-Man? I will say from the trailer, I'm 100% behind Matt. Yeah, he looks awesome. Um, He seems to play it with a little more seriousness just from the trailer. I don't know. Would you guys agree? It could be really menacing. Yes. And, And Johnny Depp just never felt that menacing. For all the fear that's going on around him, you're looking going, I don't get it. Mm hmm. I just don't get it. Although the opening scene in the, the second movie was like 10 for 10. It was excellent. It, it was excellent. They just didn't, they didn't, they couldn't they didn't through keep it, it up. Mm-hmm. So there, there's so much to that. I, I'm excited for the third a little bit to see how they change things up. But I still need to rewatch the second with my daughter because she's all... I want to see the second one because I don't remember it because 
Because it's such a complicated plot line that was not well thought out. We'll be honest. It's kind of how in the books. So my, my brother explained to me, he says, you can actually look at the Harry Potter books. If you push them all together in a line, you can see where the editor lost their power. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Because the books jump to two to three times the size as the first books. Oh, yeah. And the problem is, is J.K. Rowling has all these wonderful, great ideas, and she needs an editor to bring her down to make it a coherent story. Yeah. Otherwise, she adds way too many plot details. And for a movie, there cannot be that many plot details, or you end up with Fantastic Beasts 2 or Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And the other thing about the second movie, because so the first one, I felt like it was very focused. It was more focused on Newt and the Fantastic Beasts that you were discovering throughout the movie. The second one, they were kind of thrown. They were there as an afterthought. It was like, oh, yeah, this movie's about Fantastic Beasts. Here's a cool one. Oh, we're going to do this with Nagini and make it like she's this cursed. She was found in a circus, right? Yeah, she was in the circus and she's like, like, like that, that whole thing is like, they introduced that completely. Like after I watched the movie, I did grab my little copy of Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. And I tried looking up what she is and it's not in there. So I was like, that was totally made up to be like, here's Nagini. Let's explain Nagini. I'm like, I was fine with just knowing that there was a magical snake that was following Voldemort around. Like I I did not like the Nagini plotline at all. I did not either. Which, which is a shame because I was like, I like the actress and the person. I'm like, that would yeah. be cool to keep her, but not make her Nagini. It's like, yeah. that's what needs to happen. There's so much that they tried to do to make it like Easter eggs for the Harry Potter fans that they lost too many opportunities. Yeah. And I was just fine with like the Fantastic Beasts. Like that yeah. to me was just great. Learning a different, like I wish with the second one, since like they kept stressing that it was going to be set in Paris. Beaubatons, hello? That's the French wizarding school. Like, why yeah. did they bring that in? Like, they brought in the, they mentioned the American one. We got to see that one. I feel like we didn't get to see the French side of things. And it's like, that, as a Harry Potter fan, that's what I wanted. I wanted to see so, more of this world in different cultures, you know? I'm going to make the argument that somebody <laughs> has brought up that I do think is fantastic because it, it really shows how J.K. Rowling, as much as she is a global sensation, she has a European mentality. Yeah. And, I mean, as an American, I have an American mentality. I don't always think of other countries or things. But you can really tell with her creation of the magical schools. There are three in Europe in close proximity to each other. There is only one in the United States on the East Coast. There is only one in Asia. And I don't even know if there's one in Africa or South America. I think there is one in Africa. Like, I think she has it kind of like one per continent continent except except for Europe, Europe, which gets like a bunch. Yeah. And so it's kind of really funny because there could be so many opportunities for like introducing so many other wizarding schools. And so much lost opportunity for merchandising. So much lost opportunity that I don't think Warner Brothers has really 
really felt like, oh, maybe we should have created a bunch of schools. Then you could be like, which state do I want to go to magic school in? Right? Yeah. And like, you just look at the US, like you have the East, the South, the Midwest, the, you know, Rocky West, and then the West Coast, like, you have all of that. So (laughs) it would be kind of interesting if a, uh, if a current school, like I'm just going to say Notre Dame, because it was the first one that came to me. Uh, ended up being like a wizarding school itself. Oh, and, cool. and, and just like in the train station, there was a secret entrance, like some, <laughs> some other, some like or maybe Harvard or, you know, take whatever yeah. like very notable <laughs> known school. Harvard and then Stanford on the West. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Because Stanford that, is like the Harvard cool. of the West. That'd be better if it was like, you know, Jefferson Community College. Right <laughs> yeah, Northeastern Iowa. You know that would make so much sense. <laughs> Drake University. I'll, I'll sh- shout out to uh, my family out in Iowa for that one. Yeah, that'd be that'd be funny. But yeah, so the, there was there were a lot of missed opportunities because of the way they kind of were just rushing to throw up magical schools and there was so much missed opportunity of exploring the magical world and wanting to focus on these storylines on people when we could have been exploring the world with Newt. Yeah. And that would have been so much cooler. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be pretty cool. So, all right. Final thoughts going into uh, fantastic beast three. What, what is it that you want to see out of that movie based on these previous two movies? I want more animals. And I want the animals to be the focus. <laughs> yeah, le- less Dumbledore, Grindelwald, more Fantastic Beasts. So even I though this really is the prime you guys <laughs> are going to be one hundred percent disappointed. Yes, yes, we are. So now that you know you're going to be one hundred percent disappointed, what do you so want What do you want to see out of that disappointment? What do you want to see out of the Grindelwald and uh, Dumbledore storyline that they're establishing? I just want that big question of like, what the heck with this other Dumbledore answered? Because that was really out of the blue. And I was like, what? <laughs> what What other? Oh, the, the Dumbledore. Cre- Credence, yeah. yeah. And the other thing is, is he had, a, this is really weird about Dumbledore, is he had a sister that was also an Obscurial. And so having two Obscurials that just. In the same family. In the same family. Yeah. And it's just kind of, mm, this is too much. Sorry. I I will I will die a happy man if I never hear the phrase nomad again. <laughs> yeah, I like Muggle much better than nomad. Yeah, but it's a so appropriately American. I no, N M. Uh... Nims, <laughs> Nims would be appropriate, yeah. or Noms. Yeah. Noms would be the American nom, way to do nom, it. Nom nom nom. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So, so yes, the the correct American phrase would be "nom." Oh boy, that's some funny stuff. That oh, is American. Stuff, so, <laughs> well, folks, thanks so much for joining us on another adventure of Super Nerd Podcast. Make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button and leave us a review wherever you're listening to us. Subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Pocket Cast, YouTube or wherever else you find us. Next week, we are talking the Halo TV series on Paramount+. Plus. So, make sure to leave us a voicemail with your thoughts on the Halo TV series at anchor.fm 
slash supernerdpodcast. You just might be on the upcoming show. You can also email us your thoughts to supernerdpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Say hi to us. Search out Supernerd Podcast and give us a like and give us a share and tell a friend about us. Here's to the next hundred episodes from all of us at Supernerd Podcast. Stay nerdy, my friends. Have fun. Catch you later. Bye. Listening to the remix by Lone Lens.